Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello. We're back from, well, we're back from the Global Game Jam. This is our first episode after recording it. You've obviously heard one since. Mm-hmm. But we had a good time, and you can check that out in our post-mortem episode that went up last week. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this recording ahead of time is confusing. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so- yeah, but it's not. We're not even like the way it was beforehand, which is like two or no, three. No, we don't even have behind. a buffer. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Welcome to the show. I think we're going to play some click pitch. Click pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click, we'll get a new word each. Throw them at each other, catch them, jam them together, and uh, so I don't know how we're going to jam them together if we're throwing them to each other. One of us yeah. should be the designated jammer. Anyway, uh, and we- I'll alley oop it, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to make a game design from that. So uh, I think let's get started. Three, two, one, click. Let's get it started. Ha! Ah. Yes, instinct. This is oh yes, ending. I was about to I'm say this is an say. improv game. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, improv is a distinctly non-computer thing. Um, yeah. So that would be hard to simulate in any way. And but we could—I don't know—we could do some sort of multiplayer improv thing with like real-life crowd, real-life audience who like throw can like throw things into the scene, like actual props. Like if you're doing in VR, <laughs> <laughs> you've got people on screen in VR, and then people in the audience on their computers are like from, you know, watching on Twitch and it could be a very Twitch friendly game because you, you could vote to like have particular prompts or throw things on. Set. So like the people on the stage will just literally like a fish will fall into the scene and they have to just run with it. <laughs> yeah. But if it gets really, really popular, then 13,000 props dropping onto the stage isn't No, no. Be, you'd have to have some um- sort of voting system for like, <laughs> all right, a prop's going to drop in, you know, 10 seconds and everyone gets to vote on what it is. Okay. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. There's a lot- <laughs> Like, we know that VR can be very expressive. You know, you're just obviously tracking the hands and the and the head, but you've got the, the voice performance. And I don't know, I feel like you could do pretty cool stuff, pretty cool stuff with VR improv. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how it would actually work as such. Like, you'd have to have pretty good inverse kinematics. Um, the people who are actually performing would have to have a lot of space. Yes. And even then, like- it's a performance. It's a performance-based, you know, you'd have to have the people who are- It's the same sort of people who have fucking, like, full streaming setups at home. It's like the Twitch streamer. They're going to have space. Mm-hmm. They're going to have space to, to perform. <laughs> and, yeah, inverse kinematics, that's fine. People have done that. <laughs> You're going to need, like, one of those full tracking suits so that you can actually, you know- nah. Bob down and all that no, stuff. No, 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 because that that's where the IK comes in, because you track the head position if they're- if it goes too close to the ground, then they're crouching. It doesn't have to be a full body performance. You can do a lot of- imp- I mean, hell, we do improv here every week with nobody performance. Unsuccessfully. So. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> Fine. But if you're not into it, I just thought it was cool. We, we we do seem to have occasionally a few no buts in there. We need to start working on our yes ending more from my side. <laughs> you can say no. You just as long as you accept the premise and like, or at least make it better, then we're good. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, click. 
<laughs> Spirit. Acronym. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so now we've got to come up with a backronym for spirit. <laughs> yeah, okay. I won't go political. It totally- I don't know if you've been reading up on the fucking US, um, Iowa caucuses and stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No. It's fine. We're not going down happen. that route. It didn't happen in this world, so- In this- Yeah, let's keep it- Yeah. Let's keep it all, all right, up. Spirit. A backron- <laughs> acronym, what is- Spirit is like an organization. Mm-hmm. Sexy priests in- Oh. <laughs> okay, no, start over. Um, summoning parents if- uh, Into trysts? <laughs> summon- <laughs> summoning parents in robes into trysts. It's a um, swingers club. <laughs> it's a swingers corporation. It's like the new app to find- <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. Try, try again. Um, I do like summoning. Summoning. Poltergeists. Poltergeists. Okay. If we, okay, spirit. Uh, that makes sense. Summoning poltergeists. Into rich inbred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, into- I like into rich- Well, I mean, is it, if this is a company, summoning poltergeists in information right in time. It's they're not very grammatically correct, but- <laughs> They needed to force it into the acronym. And it's a corporation who, like, gets information through ghosts. They summon mm-hmm. poltergeists to find, like, to ask them questions. It's kind of like Google. So, now, poltergeists are the are the more crazier sort of- True. So, it's not easy. Ghosts. <laughs> it's not easy. This is a corporation or an organization, at least. Maybe, they're not, may, they may be non-profit. Who, to find out things about history, tracks down poltergeists- Calms them down, like mm-hmm. puts them at re- at peace, and then before they go, they're like, "Hey, so what was Jesus really like?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they sell that information. Okay, so in this game, you're you're a new hire to the company. Yep, and one of the um one of the owners of the company seems to do a lot of work all on his own, and you find out that he's actually like using these poltergeist summonings for other means. Which is usually to kick rich people out of their out of their neighborhoods so that he can like buy up the land for really, really cheap and then redevelop it. Okay. All right. I like this idea that this was started as yeah, like someone did you know, took this ghostly research, turned it into this organization to like for the good of mankind, find out things about history. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new like CFO of the company who's just taken over, is instead of, like, finding the oldest poltergeists that have been around for centuries, who are the ones that previously they'd been tracking down to get this actual useful information, Mm -hmm. he's, like, finding the ones that died, like, two weeks ago and then finding secrets about, like, basically using their information to then fuck fuck with people and get dirt on people um, in in the current time. And a la the end of poltergeist- you know, where the whole house gets sucked inside itself and, uh-huh. like, disappears. Yep. Um, he uses that that ability- <laughs> To, like, hide evidence. Of, of the poltergeist. No, no, no. To um, clear the land. <laughs> with, without having to call a construction company to <laughs> knock it all down. as a destruction crew. <laughs> a demolition crew. <laughs> and he changes the name of the company to SPD. R-I-T, and it doesn't- it's not an acronym anymore, but he doesn't care because he's an idiot. <laughs> Spudrit. 
<laughs> summoning Poltergeist demolitions right on time. He changes it to proper grammar as well. Spud rot. <laughs> just because it's spud rot for long. <laughs> oh, God. That's pretty funny. I, I do like the idea of of clearing clearing houses just with the um with the innate poltergeist ability of sucking a house. All right, so maybe it's not even the information thing for him. Maybe it literally is just he transports them to the land that he wants to buy, makes them scare the previous occupants out, and then like <laughs> works them up so much that they just demolish the house and it's gone. And then he's like, "Yep, all right, sell the land to a developer." Yeah, but you find out right at the end that sometimes he couldn't scare the scare the people away. It didn't stop the demolition crew happening anyway. So there's people stuck in like the nether. <laughs> right. They were in the houses. They were then. in the house when that happened. <laughs> when sure. it got sucked inside itself. <laughs> All right. So we've got we've got the story. <laughs> what yeah. sort of game is this? Because we make games on this podcast. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, occasionally when we can come up with something that fits in with our high concept story ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Bitstorm, the high concept story idea podcast where occasionally we make games. Yeah. Um, is this like a- Who do you play? Are you a- Like, that's the villain, presumably. Well, we said yep. you're like a new recruit yep. brought in to talk to these poltergeists. So, you're yep. a ghost whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I'm seeing this as like a 1990s full motion video sort of point and click. Cool. Love it. Yeah. Almost along the lines of like Spycraft, the great game. Okay. Now I know I go into that well. That's okay. Like, every like- Every 50 episodes or so. <laughs> 50, 50, 60 episodes or so. You know, having some basic- uh, I thought it was Spycraft, as the well okay as, game. Yeah. So, having some, having some basic puzzles, having like investigation time of, of you know, being able to- Talk so, you're to, saying you've got, like, them. okay, so you've got, like, a scene, like, a room that you're in. Because yep. I didn't play Spycraft. What what sort of area were you able to, like, move around in at any time? You was weren't able to move around. It was, more, it was more a um, single scene okay. sort of thing with, with, like- With a bunch uh, of clues around that you could, like- Yeah, a bunch of clues. And then and- also full motion stuff happening in between, which took up a lot of the- a lot of the space on the CD. Yeah, I'm sure. On the- How many CDs? Three. Yeah. So, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't quite this, what, seven or eight that, like, the X-Files game or whatever came on. Yep. Or the- um, What was it? Seven that Phantasmagoria came on and- <laughs> Which is funny to think now, considering that's, like, five gigabytes and oh, half- look, If the- it's on a single DVD. <laughs> half the- Exactly. Half the game is, is like, 90 gig to download. Um- all right, cool. And then, well, that, and that leads to some cool uh, dodgy green screen ghostly stuff. I know often, you oh, know, yeah, actually, like poltergeists aren't often corporeal, um, as such, but maybe, maybe as you like calm them, they come into a sort of more traditional corporeal. Oh, ghost. I'm just, I'm just imagining that, that awesome, you know, hyper pixelated, not real looking FMV chair that moves across the, completely digital room um <laughs> so we're even sticking with the like 90s style resolution it's all in like oh, hell yeah six maximum 640 by 480 or something that's what made the fmv games like really good i don't think you could do a good fmv game today let's click again <laughs> innocent supplementary <laughs> supplementary innocent I mean, I keep on going to the lotto and- 
Like and, these supplementary numbers. Yeah, supplementary numbers. Uh-huh. And then you've got like a crime that's occurred there. Okay. So- Okay, um, someone trying to rig the lotto ends up in murder. Uh, I didn't say murder, but if you want to go to murder, then we can go to murder. <laughs> this is feeling particularly murderous. Do you want that you've been framed for the crime and therefore you've got to try and prove your innocence a la- Yes. I know, think you play the person who, like, shows off the, the little lotto balls as they come out. Yep. And, and somehow- the evidence points to you being the only one who could have tampered with it. But you know you didn't. Yeah. Although you have been having these small blackouts. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of I kind of would prefer that it's like a real good true mystery. There's no clue how this happened. And we come up with some clever way that, like, they managed to put some sort of chemical on your hands that, like, dissolved the- fake number off the ball or, or like, <laughs> managed to write the number onto the ball that they wanted somehow through, yep. like, chemical means. And and so, it literally actually was you that did it. You just didn't know that you were doing it. Yeah. Now, there's actually a movie that came out about a, um, a lotto heist that actually happened in which, if I remember rightly, they actually managed to get a hold of the lotto numbers before they left the factory, mm-hmm. inject some- um, some Of the lotto balls, yep. Of the, of the lotto balls. They managed to inject something into the balls so that they didn't Slightly fly up heavier. as high. Yeah. Therefore, the yeah. only ones that would actually get picked were the well, lighter ones. Was it a true story? Or wasn't that actually happened? It was happened, a true story. Yeah. That actually happened. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing something about it. This idea of having, having the different numbers based off a chemical- but again, how they managed to get at the balls were they went to the factory where they were being made. Right. And like bribed people there. But of course, you know, as far as the lotto was concerned, the only person that's touched the balls other than like the lotto agent or whatever mm-hmm. is yourself. Is yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right. I'm thinking, uh, I mean, basically point of click adventure ish. Mm-hmm. Um, in its tone. Do we do it like- but first person shooter in it. <laughs> well, I was almost thinking, do we do it VR? Because there's something interesting yeah. about uh, 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 like solving a, a, a crime that you're framed for where you're literally playing, yeah, like from that person's eyes. You're having mm-hmm. to really look at the people who are accusing you. Um, you. I feel like that would give some good empathy towards the, the actual character. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, I mean- as we've just found and you've just found out about, like, how how we found developing for VR. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's fun and-, and Everything is fun in VR. Yeah. Like, our, our old catchphrase is true. Even being framed for, for a hot lice A hot A hot And I'm keeping that in. <laughs> Lotto heist. Um, so, are you- are you actually having to do, like, the, the demonstration of the ball? Well, I think so. I think that's almost how it starts. It's a performative yeah. act- aspect of it? Yeah, like, the you, you've got the, you know, you see the cameras in front of you. You've got the little blowing globe of lotto balls next to you. And you see it, you know, pop out the top or whatever and, and get brought down. And you have to pick it up and show the camera, put it into its spot. And mm-hmm. I wonder if you even see- because obviously that the camera, the first time the camera sees the number on the ball is when you put it down. I wonder yep. if you can get a glimpse that like the ball that you picked up is not the same number that went down or something. Um, but obviously you've got no way to prove that. It's just another, just another way of showing the player that like 
no, you've been like something's going on here. Although that's obviously that might be getting it yeah. pretty early. Um, maybe it's just an Easter egg because most people wouldn't actually be noticing that. Um, so how do you actually get caught? Is my question. How do you get caught that you're you're like involved in this thing? Do, well, um, so I think I think uh, they they realize that because maybe they, they might be. Let's say let's pretend there's an audit they do afterwards. And they check all the balls, and they find that there are doubles. Yeah, you know, there's two. And of, then when they search, two, there are two room. of the numbers that 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 you know that came up. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe it doesn't happen right away. Maybe there's like one, you know, division one winner, and they won fifty million dollars or something, and either something shifty about it when they pick it up, or or about the way that they get it transferred, or just whenever there's a certain amount that goes out, like they have to do a full audit. But I feel like it's been weeks later. You know, how about they know that there were two winners on this thing? One has come forward and claimed the prize, mm. but the other one is still unclaimed. And then when they search your dressing room, they find the the missing winning ticket, and that's what you oh. know really really leads them to you. But why? So why have the people done that? Who are, um, who actually did? Oh, you're saying that they're the other person who claimed it? Yeah, they're the other person that claimed okay, it. Okay, so the they basically sacrificed sure like twenty five million dollars, but you know they're being ultra cautious. Yeah, it's they, to they get basically you off they there. knew that they had to take they, the heat away from them. Yeah, would they get to keep it in that circumstance? I guess we'd just come up with some like throwaway law that like if they've picked it up before, it's like you can't take it back or something. Yeah, some yeah, some weird crap like Maybe, that. Yeah, like if if, it, if they can pick it up, but it, because it's before the audit, you know, it's already in their bank account and you can't I don't know, something. So that so that's actually part of what's suspicious is like the the other person came forward like. 15 minutes after yeah which you know almost never happens or something like that. <laughs> it probably does i don't know anything about lotto particularly i think the they, i think by law they have to like wait a day or so I'm sure wait they till do. they're actually because you can't just go into like um the normal like news agent and go yeah i want to claim my my 50 million dollar win and they're um, like, uh yep is hundreds okay we've just restocked the till yeah uh I believe with big big winnings, the especially in Australia, the lotto department actually contacts you by phone and organises for you to come in. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's something formal around it. All right. Um, I like that. I like that. And so, yeah, obviously it's about clearing your name. And I guess it just becomes a bit of a, you know, go around and find clues and, and do your own side investigation without kind of making the, the yep. bloody- Feds suspicious. Um, I like the idea of having to like pop the hood on your hoodie so that you know you you sort of um, sulk inside it. Your face is being blasted all around the news, and yeah, therefore you don't want to. So that's be like seen an action and- you can do at any time in VR. Yeah, reach behind you, pull your hoodie up, pull it back down. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. I, I've always liked that part of the movie where someone goes into a news agent, and you know they're all. Goes into a shop. Yep. And on the TV behind is their face being yep. plastered all over the yep. thing. Yeah. So you pop up the hoodie. Yeah. Put your and so the on. idea being that, you know, you maybe draw a, draw a mustache on yourself. So it <laughs> <different>. <laughs> uh, I was picturing this as a woman the whole time. Um, maybe, it may be slightly <laughs> That's what makes it even funnier. Because <laughs> That's what makes mustache. it even funnier when she draws a, you know, black mustache on her. <laughs> Um, so or are there she, stealth aspects you get, to this? You get thing? to draw it on the screen itself. <laughs> it's just like it just comes up. You're at the mirror. It just says disguise yourself. 
And you, like, <laughs> reach out and draw it on the mirror, but that's what actually gets drawn on your skin. <laughs> you can do whatever you like. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, are there, like, are there, like, stealth sort of aspects to this then? Or is that more just a narrative kind of little uh, um, Easter egg of pulling I, the hoodie I, up? I think, and- I think the pulling the hoodie up does have some stealth aspects in that it's harder dice roll, effectively, for, for the people to, to notice. Yeah. Like, they've got to have higher perception. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I guess it's like, how does that change? Is this just like, are you? Is this a game where you're kind of walking down streets and into buildings and see, and going around through a lot of people, and and so sometimes there will be people there who have higher perception, or yeah, is it is it more of because like if there's only one or two scenes where you go into any public place, like having a whole uh, behind the scenes dice roll like perception system is probably overkill. <laughs> <laughs> when you could just script it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talking about script. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I like it. Yeah, so that's like cool. It. Three to one click. Three to one click. Panel. Sack. All right. Panel made me think of like an interview panel, perhaps. Like a panel show. Yeah. Or a panel. Of- I was thinking also like- um in like old Victorian mansions, you know, you've got those sort of wood panels on the on the bottom of walls and that sort of stuff that maybe okay. you could hide things in in a sack. Yes, <laughs> I was thinking I was going sack as in like to be fired, but that maybe that's too much like the previous game. So sure, let's go physical burlap sack. Okay, can um, we come up with going- a mechanic? Can we come up with a game mechanic based around hooking the sack around things? I think not VR this time. No, because you okay. need a bit more sort of. Like accuracy than that. So what I'm thinking is, many years ago, your great grandfather was mm-hmm. a was a an onion farmer. No, I, I was thinking more <laughs> a um, you know, famous jewel thief sort of thing. Okay, and you're an onion farmer. I'm just trying to think of where they got this sack. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that they went to steal these jewels from this Victorian manor and then weren't able to get out in time, so they hid it behind a panel okay. in a sack. Okay, because it turns out all onion farmers are like. Fantastic cat burglars. I mean, they have to be agile to like peel those onions without crying. So I, I think <laughs> you're you're going through your great grandfather's stuff, a la Goonies, you know, in the attic, and they find uh-huh. they find like an old diary of um of like the grandfather who was writing that for many years he's been trying to get back into that um, Victorian manner, but could never come up with a convincing story to yeah to get in there. All right, and he leaves it to you, his grandson. Okay, so is this sort of is this like a stealth game then? Like, what's the what's the gameplay? What are we thinking? Platformer? I'm thinking stealth. But how you've actually got into the house is that you've, like, you've managed to fall in, fall in love or, or, you know, at least faking it with the new owner of the Victorian Manor. So, basically, okay. you're, you're running a ruse sort of thing just to try and get okay. in the house. And- okay. You're a grifter. Yeah. You're grifting. So, I'm wondering if there's, like, grifting mechanics that you can- Grifting mechanics. Yeah. Do they work anything like drifting mechanics? <laughs> Tap the left bumper. Kick out, kick out the other. Kick arse. out the other way. Blue sparks. You're grifted. Uh, <laughs> I don't I'm, know how I'm grifting mechanics would work. Like, they're very- uh, like you've got, I guess you could have different grifts at different times that you can. I just don't know how you never repeat a grift on the same person. So, well, what I'm thinking is there's actually more more lying mechanics that you've that you've got to. So it's like know, dialogue puzzles hit, almost. Hit certain notes. 
yeah, dialogue puzzles, but um, with actual almost guitar hero like mechanics in that you're oh, you're hard. having to you're yeah. having to you know hold to hold to the left and you know as you hit A and hold to the right <laughs> as you hit B and okay, I'm trying to picture how that would work. I, I think it's, it's more about, you know, how you hold yourself because you're bad at lying. <laughs> and so, when you start lying, you know, you get all nervous and your palms get sweaty. <laughs> so, therefore- It's just like trying to prevent all your tells. You're like 37 hmm. tells. <laughs> they just keep cropping up. I was more thinking, I wonder if you could do some dialogue puzzles where, you know, you've it's a series of choices, right? And you'd probably have to have some good writing for this. I don't know how you'd- Maybe it's too much dialogue to have to write, but- as you kind of hone in on convincing them of whatever you're trying to convince them, like maybe different dialogue options change color or something, or you've got, you've at least got a little like you're getting warmer, you're getting colder kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically you're sort of working your way through this branching dialogue to the outcome that you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From a, from a writing perspective, that would be tricky, but from a gameplay perspective, I feel like. That could be interesting where it's sort of like you don't want to, you don't want to say something that, well, because you're trying to convince them you're a particular person, right? Like, yeah. So, if you say something that's incongruous to that, then they get a little bit suspicious. And so, you have to like bring them back a bit before you'll, you'll get there or something. Yeah. It could even be over time. It could even be not just in one dialogue. It's more of a system around, you know, if you do really well in your first conversation with this manor owner, then- they're going to trust you more later on if you slip up. But if you do poorly and only just manage to get them across the line, then, like, you could fuck it up later much more easily. What I do like is later on in the game, you find out, like, at one stage, this this whole house has been renovated. Has been renovated or is Has going- been renovated and okay. maybe the um panel or the sack of, of jewels have, a- have actually been- Discovered. Oh, yeah. And used well, to actually oh, yeah. pay for more of the restoration sort of thing. Either that or, and this is this has a slight similarity to a, a late game twist we brought into a, a different game from a few weeks back, but either that or you find out that the renovations just mean that certain landmarks in the house have shifted. And so, mm-hmm. the reason you haven't been able to find this sack is because you were basing it on the layout post-renovation and it was- Not pre. It was written pre-renovation. And so, you need to, like, find the renovation plans and sort of backtrack and go, oh, this panel, you know, or, or this particular, um, you know, built-in fireplace or whatever that they metic- in the renovation, they meticulously pulled apart and put back together in a different room for some reason- uh, that, that was part of the clues, like part of the, the map to it, you know, was actually over in the drawing room and not the study, which are yep. basically the same thing. But yeah, I like that. There's probably lots of them. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, that, that could be cool. And then do you fall in love with this person and, and regret it? Oh, yeah. 100%. Then, like, I think that always has to happen in like a con person movie, a grifter movie. But- this is this is one of those thi- one of those times when they find out and they go ew no, <laughs> you get kicked out. <laughs> well, maybe it depends on how well you've convinced them. Turns out the entire time they've been grifting you and they've actually been you know penny- oh, the penniless grift. and broken. <laughs> the three sixty grift, the Tokyo grift, Fast and the Furious Tokyo grift. Uh- <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Three, two, and click. Yeah. I'm not going to try to salvage that anymore. Bridge. Pen. I feel like this is a physics-based game set in, like, a classroom. Okay. Oh, is this a game where you have to make one of those, like, contraptions to make sure that egg- Like, the egg drop challenge that they okay. sometimes do yep. in high schools or whatever. So, it starts out like that, and it's kind of like, um, you know, one of those bridge constructor games or yeah. poly bridge or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's just crazier and crazier, like, science inventions that- Yeah, well, I like the idea of a narrative backdrop on that as well. It's like, you, you, we introduce some characters, and they're doing this egg drop challenge, and when you pass it with flying colours, it's like, all right, you're going on to, like, the state championships, and now it's not an egg, now it's a watermelon. <laughs> Um, and so then, and, but then the rest is just physics, <laughs> like it's this physics, yeah, like polybridge style gameplay. You've got a certain amount of resources, like fucking pipe cleaners and <laughs> construction paper. <laughs> you now, learn, you learn different We're going to drop this 72 inch TV. Yeah. Off well, the- <laughs> well, that's the nationals. <laughs> that's the nationals. And by this time, there's a romance going on between some of the team members, you know, maybe, uh, uh, Teacher who's shitty that you need to play pranks on, and that's like a mini submission where you get to build it like a catapult out of your pipe cleaners or a trebuchet, even cooler. And and then you oh go God. to like the global, the global. Game jam. <laughs> get your mind out of the gugaja. Um, <laughs> the global uh, drop, the global drop, the global global drop challenge. Uh, the GDC. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Game developers. Yes. Hang on. <laughs> uh, where it's like, it's, it's a bus that they're dropping. <laughs> <laughs> from, you know, a, the Empire From State. the moon. <laughs> from the moon. They fire it towards Earth. It's wrapped in. You have to have built a self- <laughs> wrapping, like, self-shielding uh, contraption, still only out of pipe cleaners and construction paper and straws, toothpicks, <laughs> some cotton wool. And then in some, like, uh, Ender's Game-like twist, it turns out that all these things that you've been creating have actually been used <laughs> for this uh, war. Yeah, you've actually they've actually used your ingenuity and translated it into like this high tech, you know, shielding technology. Because it turns out that you're um, actually in like a matrix esque. The the reason why you're only allowed to use pipe cleaners and and stuff like that is because it turns out that uh, in the original Voyager spacecraft, there are there are only pipe cleaners and <laughs> that sort of stuff. Well, I was thinking the, it's somehow like somehow board to- I was thinking somehow those are the only things. Like you're actually in like a Matrix style virtual world. It's it's the year four thousand two hundred and seventy two, and the the aliens have enslaved you, and pipe cleaners and construction paper and straws and toothpicks are the things that map most naturally to their like elements. <laughs> And so, when you come out of this world, you see something that looks vaguely like the thing you built to protect a bus from fucking smashing into Earth, but it's all like high-tech looking shields and force and, fields. And, and what, you, what you've actually been stopping is the um, is the human uprising. Um, yeah. From, 
<laughs> yeah, the revolution. Just to, really, just to really fuck with it, like, you're a human child who's now, like, quashed the human revolution. Totally, and, exactly. And helped the aliens win. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you got laid in the meantime and found love. <laughs> Not with the same person. <gasps> Twist. All right, fridge on quick. Fetch. Access. Okay, the, uh, my mind went to some sort of game where you have a dog as a buddy. Yep, 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 and yep. And yep. one of the things that they have, they can do is like steal access cards from people. Like, there's that's that's a minor part, but that's where okay. my mind my mind went to a scene of like telling your dog to sneak up to a guard and like gently take their access card <laughs> from their belt. But you play the dog. You play the dog. Okay. Yeah. All right. Stealth dog. Yep. But I like the idea that you're not the hero. You are the like you are the pet dog. Yep. Helper of some sort of secret agent or something. You know, this this guy is somewhat incompetent, and without you, the whole thing wouldn't actually happen. So therefore, he tells you to do something. You're like the brain to his inspector it. gadget. Exactly. Maybe it's literally brain and brain and inspector gadget. gadget. Yeah. Why not? So you get to do disguises and shit, or the Wallace to, <laughs> or the Gromit to, the, to their Wallace. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Silent protagonist. Yeah, silent protagonist. Actually, the kind of sensible one, but limited by their dogness. Um. Okay, that's cool. That is. How anthropomorphic are you? Not at all. Are we thinking full on dog dog? I was thinking full-on dog-dog, but now that we're sort of going down the cartoon route, I kind of don't mind the idea of most of the time when you're around your when you're around your human, you're dog-dog. Yeah. But then when you're out of sight, then you can all of a sudden stand on two legs and- <laughs> Right. And, yeah. You, know, do you still can't talk, but you can, like, mime snake. things. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um, all right. So, I'm, I'm sort of picturing, like, obviously, like, third-person- like action platformer ish, yeah, like yeah. a bit of a ratchet and clanky vibe, or a- uncharted, or yeah. And so you're doing things like yeah, you've kind of you you'll come to an area and it's like okay, this area is blocked off, and there's a hole here that only the dog can go through, and there's an area there that only the human can climb up on, or whatever you know, or mm-hmm. it's go go gadget legs or something. Uh- <laughs> 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 and yeah, it's kind of it's figuring out how to. How to solve that? And yeah, I like the idea that that you're human in any area. Like they, they you, you don't really have control over them. You're sort of you're going around trying to figure out how to get them through the area. You know, you might in that uncharted sort of way. Like you'll have narrative going on and scripted stuff and and different things and, and get exposition about what's happening as you're like going around this level and, and progressing through puzzles. But, yeah, mostly it's just sort of up to you to figure it out and, like, open doors and things and steal stuff and distract people. What else do you see happening in this game? Do you actually see that you've got other missions coming through from, like, Dog Command? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it depends on who's who's in control here. Is this, you know, going down the Inspector Gadget route and you you are just ostensibly kind of the pet dog of this agent? Maybe kind that's like a-, a larger- Maybe that's something that maybe that's a turn, like a third of the way through the game. You know, you've you've done a couple missions, and then you get your next mission. 
It's like you're doing a great job in shadowing, you know, this. Maybe, oh, maybe, you, maybe you're actually not on their side. Maybe okay. you've, you've been sent in to gain their trust, this secret agent, because they know that they're bumbling mm-hmm. and the dogs want to bring them down for some reason. I kind of like the idea that the, the head dog is just named God. Because it's dog backwards. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they're, they're, their human thought it was hilarious. It's one of the reasons that he hates humans so much. Also one of the reasons he has a god complex. <laughs> Thinks um, that he can pull this off. But I kind of like the idea that that's a turn that you don't necessarily want to follow. You know, you've got a good rapport with your human. So, you can choose to, to side with the humans. Because what the um what the dogs yeah, are telling asking yeah. you to do is going to wipe out all humans, sort of thing. Well, yeah, I think I think by this point you've actually become fond of your pet human, and <laughs> you don't want to put them down. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, you turn against your employers and and yep. help the humans. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. That's cool. Let's go again. Yeah. <clears throat> Lid supervision. Lid supervision. Hmm. So, I kind of like the idea of taking it, rather than the single word of supervision, to super (laughs) space vision. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Supervision. That's more interesting. Um, Yeah. So, you're you're a superhero whose only skill is that he can see through lids. See through lids. (laughs) So, you're, so like anyone whose kids have ripped all the labels off their cans calls this person. Yeah, so they know what's inside. It's like, ah, it's peaches. You're welcome. Up, up, and away. They're and all they peaches. Um, yeah, his oh, superpower is actually that he can turn anything that's in a can into peaches. But he doesn't want anyone to know that. So he just tells them he can see what's in there, and then he always says, "Okay." Peaches. Then one day. He gets contacted by the government and he gets taken to, like, a secret facility. Okay. And he gets asked to look inside these barrels. Okay. Uh, to, to tell them which one is, like, the, um, which one is the nuclear waste and which one is, like, you know, the harmless sort of stuff. The coffee grounds that they ordered. The coffee grounds. <laughs> so, so basically, they mistakenly misplaced the label. As soon as you identify it, they basically, they send in people to come take you out. Yeah, and then and then you just hear in the background, where did all these peaches come from? <laughs> <laughs> There's supposed to be nuclear weapons in here or whatever, nuclear weapons. No, okay, that's fine. Yeah, and then you have to go through the game using your lid vision to win stuff? Yeah, I, I think it's from then on, like, you're on the run from the government and you're able to use your lid slash super peach power to get out of this place and, you know, go back to your normal life and right, try to- Right, so you're kind of like an inadvertent hero on the run. Is this like a first-person shooter or something? Like, Well, I'm seeing if, if we take it- It's been known for a long time that there's lots of superheroes out there, but everyone has, like, their own set of powers and they're really not good. Like, they're all mundane sort of things. Okay, it's one of these mundane power situations. All right. Yeah, but everyone's got mundane powers. It's like an Ask Reddit the- thread in real life. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, this is about getting getting together a ragtag bunch of powered people. Yeah. It's like a, it's a road trip movie. I Effectively. Mean, not a movie. Road trip game. Game. Yeah. Um, getting away at the start is probably the hardest part. Like, you know, even once you're out of there, like, they somewhat know because of some registration that- that happened earlier on. They know what your what your secret identity is and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're now having to having to go underground and and find the guy who who pro- 
provides a new identity for you and then yeah you join forces with all these other and his his power is the power of being able to laminate things with his hands yeah he, he can just seal lamination really really easily <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't even generate the he still has to have the plastic yeah <laughs> <laughs> he can just seal it in. <laughs> he is good to have around if you've got, like, an open packet of chips, though. <laughs> but he says, yeah, but it really doesn't work. My wife left me because I kept on burning her. Enough said. <laughs> okay, so what's caused these these powers? Oh, well, I think at this point it's just a sort of a part of life. Or maybe there was, like, I don't know, you, like, standard kind of an alien attack 20 years ago or something. <laughs> They spread, like, alien radiation everywhere. Or I was almost thinking, like, there was a meteor shower one night. Yeah, sure, and, that was um, just less interesting than this history of an alien attack. <laughs> there's still well, remnants. Like the idea that, it's kind of like know, the aftermath of the New York incident in the MCU. Right, there's just, like, alien artifacts everywhere. Okay, so- the actual reason why the government wanted to um, take you out is because one of the barrels that you misidentified or that you that you saw was actually of alien waste, and they don't want anyone to know that it was actually alien intervention that gave everyone their powers. Oh, okay. There's a cover-up around that. All right. Yeah. Sure. And when you say alien waste, you mean feces. Yes. <laughs> that's actually- Weird shape pooped. <laughs> yeah, but that's actually what has given people the powers. It's that these aliens are so, like, they- were so not into humans, they just, like, shit out of their spaceships everywhere. You know what happens with that stuff, blue ice? You know, where it's actually just frozen shit coming out of planes? Well, oh, this meteor right. shower yes. was just frozen shit yeah, out of Yeah, it was basically a bunch of alien teenagers. <laughs> Joyriding. And they're just like, Haha, we're going to shit on this planet. <laughs> they just let go the waste um, all over this this city of yeah. um, Shitopolis or whatever it's called. <laughs> 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 it was actually it was actually um Sydney, but in their alien language that meant shitopolis. <laughs> like Sid is their word for shit, knee is their word for like city, shit city. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, um so yeah, I like I like that. I like that road trip. It's a road trip movie and uh yeah, What are some of the other dodgy powers? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure that everyone else is gonna want to know what what these ragtag group of people other than the laminate dude and the um all right there's the woman the who um can within a 20 meter radius hang up any mobile phone or maybe turn it off <laughs> she can't like she can't stop them from just calling right back it'll get disconnected <laughs> she can call she can cause a disconnect okay there is a guy who is sort of like an empath like mm-hmm. he can he can tell the feelings of people around him but only when they're horny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and then there's a kid, like a, like a 10 year old. He can, he can communicate with the blowflies mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> he, he can't tell them to do anything, but he can communicate. No, blowflies are assholes. <laughs> they don't listen to him. <laughs> but he can communicate with them and they just tell him to fuck off. Yeah. Like that noise you hear. When a blowy is just like zooming around your, your room at night and you, you're trying to find it, it's just like yelling, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. And then they're quiet because they land somewhere and you have to wave something around and then they're in the air again and you couldn't hit them. Fuck you. <laughs> And one more power, the kid who can eat as much fast food as he likes and never 
get fat. Yeah. Little does he know, it'll all come back when he hits 36 and two months and he's yep. going to explode. Well, his his arteries are just going to clog up instantly. Yeah. It's basically- he's, he <laughs> basic coronary. Well, no, he just- he basically has like a time space portal inside his belly and doesn't know it. And so, he's actually <laughs> transporting all of this- Food into uh, into one place in time and space in the future, and it so happens that still it's right as he's right as he's sitting down to to like have a bite of KFC at that time, every single meal that he's ever had like all gets um yeah all gets transported into his stomach at once, and that that scene from Meaning of Life where the where the guy is really really Basically, big and explodes yeah um, that exactly happens, but. As fate would have it, he also, in that one act, cures world hunger. <laughs> oh, he wasn't no. very good at chewing. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, maybe the portal was pretty close to his throat, and so he just, like, put all that food in there. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's fresh. Okay, so we could he could it's eat fresh. as much he could eat as much fast food as he liked, but he was never satiated by it. Yeah. Oh god, that is awesome. <laughs> Three to one click. Roundabout base. B A S E. Okay. This is set at the five ways. <laughs> okay, for those people out there that don't know don't Rural Bark live in the surrounding in exact- area. Yeah. Um there is a there is a roundabout system in Rural Bark called Five Ways. It is five streets that sort of come into a single intersection, and there's three roundabouts in a row. And for people who have never seen it before, the scariest thing to drive through because, like, oh my god, how the hell does this work? But yeah. once you've been once you're used to it, it's like, actually hey. very efficient. Yeah, um, works really, really well. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay, there's a secret base in the middle roundabout. Yeah, it's kind of like a get smarty sort of. Um, yeah, it's like under the ground. They, they step into the middle of the garden bed and, like, touch the third the row. Yeah, and they- the only way you can trigger it is by, like, the driving around the five ways in the correct combination. <laughs> it's, like, from <laughs> roundabout one to two to three, then back to the, the middle lane of two, and then come back around, do another loop around three, and then, like, drive into the middle of the roundabout, and it triggers the thing, and your car gets, like, lowered down. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that you just got to enter the, like, walk to the middle roundabout and and touch the third rows, but you've just made it even harder to get in. Yeah. I mean, it's a secret government base or whatever organization. I'm thinking, though, what what you've just done is people who are, you know, going for a joyride on Saturday night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They accidentally (laughs) trigger it. it. (laughs) All these lights, it all lights up and- yeah. And then it's, you know, they've got to use the neuralizer from Men in Black. Yeah. So, what is this base of operations for in the very important area of Moorabark, Victoria? Okay. So, I'm picturing it's aliens again, a la your Men in Black. And mm-hmm. it's just, um, it's like the Melbourne version. It turns out that Moorabark and surrounding areas are like the hub of alien activity. Uh, for, I can see that. For Australia. That makes sense. Makes sense to me living here. Yep. Uh, okay. Okay. And so, do you, is this sort of a mirror of like the first Men in Black movie? You play like a new recruit. It's basically an Aussie Men in Black. Yeah. It's Men in Blundstones. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that. Men in blundstones. So that they're not even um they're not even in black suits. They've just No, no. They got like they're in jeans, yeah. flannel shirts yeah. and blundstones. Yeah. Yeah. So they really really fit right in. So the main hub I think is actually Churnside. The main hub of Ailey of like of alien activity. Alien yep. activity. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Because uh, it turns out the Churnside is actually just a crashed spaceship. Now, Churnside is a small shopping centre <laughs> in remote surrounding areas. This, the audience for this episode really care. is like the <laughs> smallest it's ever been. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Churnside is a crash, a crash spaceship. Sure. Um, that's why it's designed so badly. That's why it's got underground <laughs> car parking. That's like the, the bottom level. Um, and that's why there's a Donut King right near the escalators, because what alien spaceship wouldn't have that? Exactly. Yeah. And a Wendy's. And yeah. a Boost Juice. <laughs> yeah. And, and Wendy's the Boost Juice not like is Wendy's. like the engine of the ship. <laughs> Wendy is the navigator. And the Donut mm-hmm. King is the leader of the alien race. Yeah. And what's came up? The dog, like their pet. <laughs> Here came up. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Men in Blondstones. Okay. What what else happens in this game? Has anything happened in this game? We've set up the scene. Uh, okay. okay. You play the recruit. So, yep. is it that you- So, you're saying that you're one of these joyriders, you accidentally trigger this thing? Or yep. have you detected- Like, have you sort of figured out someone's an alien or something? Again, or ma- maybe maybe you've actually- You play um, a security guard at Chainside. And you notice something go- Or maybe not even a security weird. guard. Maybe you play, like, someone working at, like, the Booze Juice. At Donut King. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a low-level employee. Yep. And you see this, like, what you think is a little kid come and steal uh, a, you know, pink glazed donut. It's not like any donut you've ever seen before. You're like, who made this donut? It's, like, bizarre. I've never, I didn't think we had icing in that color. And it's got cell shading, you know, so you know that it's, like, this just doesn't look- <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. You know, it's, to- it's totally different shader than, than what the rest of the game is. Yeah, for so sure. So, you know that something is up. Something's up. And so, you chase this kid past the price line, down past the woolies- <laughs> <laughs> catch up with them, you know, outside the optometrist and t- they turn around. It's like, oh, shit, that's not a kid. Like, it's uh, amusingly enough, a four-eyed alien standing outside the optometrist with this donut that's actually like fuel. Yeah, it turns out the glasses are actually part of their body. Yeah, they've got they've got one set of eyes and then another set of eyes kind of just set on their glasses. And you see them blink each one each independently one of each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can like focus through one eye to see. I don't know. I don't know what the purpose is, but oh, that's just. And then yeah, this donut was actually like some fuel that was misplaced, and they're trying to basically these aliens have come back. They're trying to like restart the ship. When was oh, God, it's going off the rails? But anyway, so I think you've just got brand new sunglasses, and just that they're about to neuralize you, you've just put on your sunglasses, or you've got these brand new sunglasses that are contact lenses. And so, it protected you from the neuralizer? Uh, yep. Like, I'm picturing that you've got contacts that are actually transitions in lenses. (laughs) (laughs) New transition contacts, yep. Well, you're at the optometrist. Like, you can can foreshadow that with the posters on the wall for, like, the new tech. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you block the neuralizer. they, They don't know that this new tech actually stops the neuralization beam. Sure, yep. So they just assume that all right, everything's good, and then you act, and yep. then you've got a stealth aspect where it's like, okay, now I'm really going to follow. I'm going to follow them in, and because you followed them in and all that sort of stuff, or you get recruited to the Men in Blondstones. 
giving you a ceremonial set of bloodstones. Yep. Uh, so, now, I think the main part of the game isn't actually about Churnside, but it's about Mount Dandenong itself. Right. The Yarra Ranges or whatever. Yep. That area. The whole of Mount Dandenong is actually a huge sleeping alien. Oh, the mountain itself. Yep. Okay. Like, Churnside Park was its ship. And then it's been in hibernation, but this particular type of alien, like, grows while it hibernates because it's, like, yep. storing energy. And recently there's been lots of, like, mini earthquakes around Mandanilong. Sure. Yeah. And therefore, you're now having to go almost on an inner space adventure inside the alien. Oh, God. But there's there's no shrinking. It's just that you're that small. Yeah, and right <laughs> up his inverness. <laughs> <laughs> so you head in head inside and and it's all about the reason why um there's earthquakes is because he's actually having like a mini coronary <laughs> no it's just his tummy rumbling he's finally hungry he's been there for <laughs> fucking 50 years I no, longer than that well no chance well uh, no, actually 40 years chance I was built in 1979 they, they've used like subtle neuralization. Everyone thinks that Mandanong was always there. It's actually only been there for 40 years. <laughs> uh, okay, so Chris Hemsworth is part of the Men in Blood Blondstones. He's been transferred from- I mean, he grew um, up in this area. Yeah. He got transferred from, um, you know, Men in Black in International. Um, oh, it's the same character. Even. Same character. All right, sure. So, he got transferred from the UK back to his hometown- and he's now taking like the role of of like Tommy Lee Jones. He's a, he's about to actually leave the Men in Blondstones for good, <laughs> retire, um, become a major movie movie actor. <laughs> Wait, what's the timeline here? It's now. He just wants to become a movie actor now. Oh, I see. Sorry, of course. All right, the Tommy Lee Jones character. Yeah. All right, I gotcha. Yeah, it's now yeah. too late. So I don't know. This has really gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title of this episode, <laughs> Off the Rails. Uh, okay, no, I like it. I like it. I'm sorry if you didn't grow up in this area, but for, believe me, it's hilarious. I'm glad this is the last uh, game because if you'd made it this far, you didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we better finish it up there before we really lose track of this thing. If you want to find us online... Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. You can find all of our past episodes there. Please leave us a rating, a review, follow us, do all the things. There are lots of things you can do there now. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasts uh, about pop culture and and other things. Go to 8bit.net, check out a few of those lovely, friendly people uh, who who also make great podcasts. This Friday, 8-Bit 3.0 launches. Hell so, yeah, keep an eye out for that, or uh, I hope you did keep an eye out for that. Oh, no, you were you no, were being no, clever. No, this Friday coming. This Friday after it airs. Oh, look, see, he's even, he's got, he's, work, he's figured out the time stream. And we'd also like it if you would check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just check out at AGP Network on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. Millions of peaches. Peaches for free. Come on! Come on!